Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. It is myself, Emily, and Bradley J. Hines, PhD, today. The Dream Team, back again. Yay. <laughs> Yay. No Joe. Joe's Joe, gone. The cat is away. So, he's well, he's doing important work stuff. He had to go um, pick up a trailer today. So, we wish him all the best with that. <laughs> he's got this cool new uh, veterinary medicine cow... I I looked at it one day. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. So yes. you'll probably see us out and about with this big old Hereford cow. It is a Hereford. Yes, it is. Cow model, and it comes comes with a calf uh, inside of it. So lots of cool things we'll be doing with that. So stay tuned on that one. Yeah, maybe Joel will have to tell us more about it one, one yes. another episode. But it is kind of cool. Joe is not here today, so we're going to stop talking about him. <laughs> and and instead, we're going to talk, well, mostly about Bradley, as usual, today. So we just wanted to do a quick episode today, kind of checking in on, on the dairy beef conversation. Now, I know we've had some past episodes about this. Brad has told us in some of our potpourri and WCROC update episodes about his dairy beef stuff. And so we thought we would just talk a little bit about an update on that, what's been going on, if there's any new stuff we've learned along the way. Um, I think just recently we talked about all the all the calves Brad had. Um, he sent Joe and I a bunch of pictures of some of his dairy beef cross calves. There were someone's cross with Charlay in there, some Simmental, I believe. Curious to know, Brad, what what is new? Have you learned anything at all since we last talked? <laughs> So much going on with the, the dairy beef world. I think it moves faster than what any of us want it to. And there's still not a lot of information out there. I think most people are excited to see new results uh, from dairy beef world. But we've ventured off into the dairy beef world in, oh, I don't even know, 2018 is when I decided to start breeding our dairy herd here to limousine. And I was only at about 30% of the herd. Um, you know, just to help manage heifer inventories. Well, I'll tell you that this upcoming breeding season, I'm going to breed 75% of our dairy herd. So 275 milking cows to beef. Wow. It's uh, gotten crazy. And, and the beef, you know, some of it is the beef market for these calves. Purebred, say, dairy Holstein mm-hmm. calves or crossbred, uh, you know, 100% beef calves. They're you know, a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars. But you talk to other people, and even for us, you know, these dairy beef calves are four hundred dollars plus uh, on farm at a few days of age. Wow. So it's been a quite the, I would say, lucrative moneymaker for for dairy farmers by breeding animals to beef. If you can, I'll send a whole bunch of calves out here at a, a week of age at, for four hundred and fifty bucks. You just keep, I'll just keep producing them. That's not a problem at all. So I think you kind of answered the question I was going to ask, which is, what are you doing with all these beef calves? But it sounds like you're kind of selling them pretty young. We're selling them most of them. We have, so I'll, we started a project with them. But I talk about that in a second. You know, I think one of the issue that people are dealing with in the beef dairy world is so we we have heifers because we produce these beef cross heifers, and then we produce bull calves that are beef cross. Well, 
They're not the same. Uh, we have been getting rid of our heifers. So it's there's a lot of people that are doing work with just the male calves, but the females, that's a different story. And I think there needs to be a lot there too. You, you also see some AI companies are starting to offer, I don't know what they call it, uh, if it's a reverse sorted semen. So it's the males. So they've mm. uh, just kept the male semen uh, as well to breed to. So you get you know, 90% plus bull calves. So it's sex semen, but it's it's sexed for male, not female. Sexed for male, huh. that's right. So that's kind of a new new venture that people are doing. I haven't ventured quite into that yet as far as using the, the male uh, sex semen to breed with, but you never know. It might happen that way in the future, but... And would the goal there really be just to get, you know, more steers for feedlot cattle? That's right, because the the beef cross heifer calves, they take a little bit longer to feed out. They don't feed out as well. They have lower body weight. So yeah, most people are, you know, so you can just produce bull calves or steers uh, for this beef on dairy. So that's kind of a new thing that's happening within the last probably year. A lot more people are, you know, there's people gravitating towards that. Sometimes that Semen is a lot more expensive, so people haven't uh, quite ventured off into that realm yet. So we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah. Well, I have one other big question here. So you said you're going to be breeding 75% of your cows to beef. So you'll have about a quarter that are dairy. And so, you know, and I'm guessing you didn't just make, you know, arbitrarily pick 75%. So you feel that at that level, you will still have enough dairy replacements for the herd with enough then of the beef cross for, for doing other things with selling, et cetera? Yes, because we're pretty much using sex semen exclusively uh, for the rest of them. And some, you know, that was my goal when I started was to use beef and sex semen to control the heifer inventory. Well, I've figured out quite quickly that I didn't use enough beef and was generating probably more heifers than what I wanted to because of the sex semen. So now I'm at the point where to maintain steady state, I could, if I wanted to use sex semen, I would breed about 75% of the herd to beef. Pretty much if you are predominantly second lactation cows and older, you get all beef. It's you. It's just unless you're really special and... Unless you're one of Brad's favorites. <laughs> unless you're a favorite or... Uh, if I need, you know, a few more Holsteins or something like that, or certain crosses, I will breed a little bit more to, to dairy. But for the most part, if you're uh, older, and I look at genetics too. So if you're kind of lower net merit, I'll breed you to beef. Even in the heifers, uh, most of the heifers are getting sex semen. Um, if you're lower net merit, I'll breed breed them to beef. But And then I usually breed uh, two services to sort of sex semen, and then the rest is beef. So okay. third service and later is all beef. So we there's lots of lots of opportunity to get bred to beef here. Sure. So cause so you're doing all your kind of cleanup breeding with with beef then? You know, this year in 2023, we had a hundred and four heifer calves born for our herd. Well to maintain our herd size of about 300 cows, I need 90 heifer calves. So I probably produced 20, well, 15 to 20 more than what I actually needed. 
So if you need any heifers, I got way too many of them. <laughs> All right. Well, people in need of heifers, call Bradley. <laughs> like most farmers have too many heifers. So, Well, I'm interested uh, to see how the, you know, that 75% mark, if if that is the sweet spot for you or, you know, you need to make adjustments from there. But I, I hope that that's going to be the sweet spot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I think, you know, the most surprising thing, right, is just how big that number is and the, right, just the realization that, like, we don't actually need that many heifers born in a year, right, you know, just with turnover and, and doing that kind of thing, um, you know, but we want to keep the cows milking, so we need them, you know, to to go through that cycle to lactate. So, yeah, I think this is a really... From where I see it, a sound strategy on how to kind of manage that inventory in a different way. And like you've mentioned, you know, perhaps there's some additional revenue stream in, you know, having nice beef cross steer calves on the ground for people. So, yeah. Hmm. You know, a lot a lot of people talk about what breeds to use. That's probably the big question. You know, most people, most farmers are using Angus especially here in the Midwest because of the black hide. I think if you go to the West Coast, uh, you know, California, you get out into even the Colorados, the mountain states, it's not necessarily black hide. Um, even in, in, the, in the southern states in California, they don't want black hide because it's, that's heat stress. So there is too hot. So a lot of them are using more reds, uh, white colored cattle to generate their beef on dairy. There's still a lot of Angus. Um, you know, I've been to some feedlots in California that are 2000 calves that were all Angus Holsteins. So it is, Angus is probably still the number one breed that people are using. Nothing against the Angus, but I'm not convinced that it is the, the one we, that- We know you're not convinced uh, by Angus, Bradley. Ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that, you know, Angus is the best for breeding to Holsteins or yeah. whatever it might well, be. Well, and so now, and maybe you're getting there, Right. And I think typically when we think of beef crossing, most of the dairy animals, most, not all, are likely purebred, right? Your Holsteins, your Jerseys. And now, you know, what's unique about you guys, you know, at Morris is you're doing this with crossbred animals. I mean, I know there's Holsteins too getting it, but, you know, were you making any considerations, you know, based on that fact? Like, because I think of like Montbilliard, right, which is built a little more in line the way a beef animal would be, right? So are there considerations there? Or was it just let's try a bunch of different breeds and, you know, see what sticks? We we probably have a unique opportunity here because our a lot of ours are out of crossbreds. So lots of crossbreds that are just half beef and can be whatever, Montbilliard, Swedish Red, Jersey, you name it. We have Holstein too, so there's some that are 50% Holstein, but that was kind of a consideration on what to do and, and how to look at what, what to breed these animals to. Five years ago when I did this, I started with limousine uh, just because out here in western part of Minnesota, limousine is kind of pretty popular. So a lot of people were using limousine at the time. The limousines did fine. We maybe had a few calving problems with some of the bulls. I should say bulls are you know, it's, I, I shouldn't blame it on the limousine. There were some bulls that we used within the limousine breed that probably threw much bigger calves than what we wanted. So after I looked at it, it was like, oh yeah, that's 
that bull, that bull, that bull. It's like all those calves had some calving problems. We're out of the same bull. So watching bulls and picking the bulls is pretty important. Instead of just saying, oh, just give me some beef semen and we'll use whatever, I think. Yeah, you still have to be making those management decisions, just like you would for a dairy bull, you know, calving ease and and those types of traits. Yeah, and we talked to our our calf buyer and they were, I don't know, the limousines were okay. So we switched to Angus uh, for for him to see what would happen. Angus were fine. Uh, You know, they're a little bit smaller calves. They... We didn't really feed any of those Angus ones out, uh, pretty much sold them for a while. And then after going to some conferences and hearing other people talk about it, everybody's using Angus. And so then I got on an idea that, well, let's try some other breeds. So, you know, a year ago I started breeding, to, we use Angus limousine. So the the breeds that I've used before, and then I threw in Charlay because Charlay was gaining in popularity for from a muscling standpoint. Then I used Semmental, another popular breed. A lot of uh, Holstein breeders were breeding to Semmental. And then, of course, I threw in Hereford. Well, of course. Because why, why, why not? You know, and I will say, and we're talking meat quality, that kind of thing. Aesthetically, the dairy Charlet crosses are always the prettiest. <laughs> if, if you like looking at something pretty, cross with Charlet, because those are such gorgeous animals. And it's interesting, the colors that we get, some are gray, some are really light, almost white, yellow, some are red. It's just, you you don't, when you cross the white Charlet with some of these other breeds, you don't know what you're going to get. You, you cross them with the Holstein, they're going to be gray. And so it's interesting. The Charlet have definitely thrown way more differences in color than what I expected. Obviously, the Angus limousine and Semital are all black. And with your buyer... Have you ever run into any issues with them saying like, hey, we prefer black hides or, you know, because I imagine too, just with the dairy crosses, you get some spotty ones and, you know, baldies usually aren't an issue. But, you know, have you run into any issues with with that just since you you mentioned it before? Not really, because we also sell our dairy, purebred dairy bull calves to him, which are, you know, crossbred mop of the yards and stuff. And he really likes those and they do well. So you know, I think there there hasn't been uh, too many issues with that uh, on that regard. You can't deny that that nice marbling that dairy puts in there. Exactly. Gosh, exactly. darn it. Yeah. So we have, oh, I don't know. We got about almost 50 calves on the ground now. I have them on my automatic calf feeder. So we're, we're looking at how much they drink, how, how well they grow. So we can kind of measure all of their feed intake in the auto feeder. So we're kind of getting some good data on different breed combinations that way. Um, The goal is to feed them out and next fall or early the next spring, go to market, get all the carcass information, then try and get some uh, strip loins for a consumer taste panel. So we can look at you know, taste preferences uh, in sort of beef on dairy crosses to see if consume if there is any difference. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. There, there may be some differences, especially in marbling between these breeds. Who knows? So it'll be kind of a interesting study. There's others kind of following suit with this. Most are obviously using beef on Holstein, and ours are a little bit different. So I just think that there needs to be more more information out there because farmers keep asking 
about what to do and what breeds to use. And they don't, there's just lots of confusion still. Well, and I like the approach that your study is taking kind of not to get buzzwordy on it. Right. But like farm to fork, right? Like let's see what happens when they're born. Let's feed them out. Let's weigh them. Let's see what the carcass looks like. And then let's see what people say about, you know, the taste, the palatability, et cetera. I think that's really cool. And please call me for the tasting panel, Bradley. <laughs> oh, definitely. We'll we'll have a moose room. Uh, we'll maybe do a moose room podcast live Ooh. so we can, uh, you know, we can even videotape it and do our taste panel with our, our different breeds and yes. see how all that goes. Love that. That's, that's the goal, at least. Uh, and I've, I've done some dairy, I've done dairy steer work a few times here with our crossbred. So it's, um, yeah, I'm kind of excited to kind of venture off into this realm with yeah. these different breeds. Cause I'm, I don't know, my guess is going to show that doesn't matter what breed you use. It probably will go back to management, how you feed them, what you feed them, how you raise them, a lot of that stuff. So all the stuff we're always um, yapping about on here. (laughs) We always talk about all the time. So, um, well, I'm curious, Brad, you know, I know this, this particular study we were discussing is kind of early. You probably don't have a ton of, of, you know, your data on that yet, but anything just anecdotally, anything you've observed that, that, you know, you want to give the moose room listeners a sneak peek into of what you're seeing or too soon to tell. Well, I'll tell you the little Charlotte calves appear to have lots of muscling when they're, when they're little, they, mm. they grow well, they're growing well on the auto feeder. I, I think if you ask the workers here, they all look at it and go, man, those Charlotte calves are kind of nice. So, and I, you know, I don't have the data, sure. but you look at them in the pens and you kind of go, yeah, Charlets are kind of nice. All the other ones are nice too. You know, people look at the Herefords and go, mm, I don't know if that's what we should use. Granted, they're going to be, well, they're just going to be a little bit smaller type of calf. That's just Hereford by, by nature. So they're going to have a different look. So, um, but some people, they, they're, you know, the Charlets are, are doing well. Yeah. So, well, and that, you know, that's the one I'm excited about. I, I do like Charlets quite a bit. I know they're not my official favorite beef breed, but, um, I do like them and, and always wondered why we didn't see them more with dairy crossing. Right. And so I'm, Excited to see what yours do. Um, just because, yeah, there's the easy answers like Angus and, and Limousine and that. But yeah, what what else can we learn from using some of these other breeds that might not be the first ones we think of? And I I have purchased semen for our upcoming breeding season. So we, we start breeding our dairy herd again because we're seasonal in about three weeks. And I have gone to Angus and Charlet semen. So, you know, when there's some calves born next fall, we might do a an Angus Charlet comparison of some sorts. I'm not quite sure yet what that might be, but I'll have some Angus uh, Charlet calves that will generate. And I don't know, a lot of this stuff, I'm just going on a limb on my own because I think it's worthwhile to help farmers make these decisions. You know, nobody, you know, I've got small little funding pots to do this, but not, nobody really wants to fund a bunch of dairy beef research. So kind of going on my own to do this. So we'll but see. That's that's also very like the farmer way. Like, let's just try a few things. Let me just get four different breeds and see what I like best, you know? That's right. So we're, we're, I'm excited. I, I, 
to see what happens. You know me, I like to do stuff for farmers. And I think these are questions that farmers are asking. Well, and I'm interested to see with these ones you're going to be feeding out because I assume like all your other cows there, they'll be on pasture. Yes. So, some, we might have some on pasture, some we might not, some we might put in a feedlot. So it, I think there's, yeah. And you talk to different cattle buyers and stuff and everybody's got an opinion on how to raise them. I think I could keep doing dairy beef stuff for a long, long time. So, uh, with no problem, it's still growing in the dairy industry and farmers have lots of questions about what to do and how to make this work. So we're, we're trying to figure it out along with some other universities too. I know sometimes the farmers are ahead of us, but I think there's lots of good things that we can work together to do. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Indeed. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, Brad. We'll just do a nice little short and sweet episode today, huh? Sounds good. All right. Well, you know, and I'm curious if you've um, on your farm done some dairy beef crossing uh, with some breeds we haven't mentioned yet. We'd love to hear from you. So with that said, if you have questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. Find us on the web at extension.umn.edu, on Twitter at umnmoosroom and umnfarmsafety, and of course, on Instagram, find Bradley at umnwcrocdairy. Bye! Bye! Bye!